Let's go. This is, is Neff. <laughs> Tootie Lynn Lie. Charles Neff. Charles Neff. Check it in. Sure for nephew. <laughs> Neff. <laughs> what up, Neff? What up, nephew? <laughs> oh my God. Yo, that is yeah. funny. Oh, Lord. This is Neff. I'm going to keep a straight face now. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm low-key. I'm low-key. Yeah. Low yeah. Turn my mic up. Take there, yeah, yeah, uh, on the road to the riches, life takes a toll like bridges, good friends become foes and snitches, better watch who knows in your business. Hustle fam, hustle fam, and we are back with another amazing episode, and today we have a special show. I got my brother with me, Mr. Charles Mundy. What's up, my brother? <laughs> What's up, my brother? I'm like, how you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm I'm awesome, bro. Listen, I've been hearing a lot about you. I've been hearing a lot about Exodus, right? Exodus LLC. So that's Exodus E L L C E L L C, which Exodus is Exodus Logistics Learning Center. Exodus Logistics Learning Center, where you train people how to do what? So E L L C features uh, dispatcher one on one and freight broker one on one. So. Right. So the goal is to teach those who know very little, if anything, about being a freight dispatcher or being a freight broker from a very basic perspective. Okay. So, so you, you guys start from the beginning. Start gr- Very beginning. Someone who don't even know terminology. Okay. Like don't even know what a truck is, like an equipment type. Okay. Okay. You know, so. All right. Got you. So l- let's kind of let's get started with your backstory and your history and kind of talk about a little bit how you got into this space, how you got into transportation. First of all, where you from, man? Let's, let's start there. <laughs> <laughs> 313. 313. Detroit. 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 Okay. Yeah, yeah. Eight mile. No, no, not eight mile. <laughs> uh, yeah, 313. Born and raised there. Um, lived in Ohio a little bit. Came to Virginia. Uh, drove trucks a little bit. Drove box trucks for a number of years also. Um, got into the transportation industry from the box truck space. Worked in warehousing. Um, worked with brokering. Did some, had my own dispatching company uh, about four years ago. And then I just said, I'm going to decide to teach okay so, okay so, yeah. so you said you you said you drove trucks okay so let's let's start from the beginning when did you start you, you drove trucks first yeah right when did you start that let's, tractor tractor trailers okay um G- give me give me a year what let's, uh, let's date it a 2013 14 ish okay yeah i got my cdl what made you get in, get your cdl um i heard about the industry you know had cousins who were truck drivers and i wanted to go over the road i, I like the open road feel so I wanted to get out on the road and make money, see the country for free. Got you. you. Know? What'd you do before that? Um, I'm a I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got, I got some um I got some computer background. Okay. Know, coding, programming, uh, hardware, software. You know, okay. I can, I can break a computer down, repair, build it back up. Okay. Write, write code, stuff like that. So. So you were doing that professionally before trucking? Um, I was a Salesforce administrator. I don't know if you're familiar with Salesforce. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was an admin, Salesforce admin, and a Salesforce developer for one of the third largest tax companies in the country, Liberty Tax. Okay. So I worked at their corporate headquarters in Virginia Beach. Um, I got my I actually got my certifications in that Salesforce admin and developer certification. So I still know that stuff. Okay. Um. But it was like, you, you ever had that feeling, you know, you reach a glass ceiling at a particular corporation and things yeah. like that? So, yeah. you know, I said, well, let me, let me get into something else. Okay. So transportation industry, I discovered it's not going anywhere. Okay. You know, so, so. so how'd you transition out of doing that type of work 
coding and, and, and that and into trucking? Well, they helped me. They they laid off, Liberty Tax laid <laughs> off about 50 of its employees and I got swooped up in that that uh, tsunami, if you will. Ah, so, yeah, okay. Got off. you. Yeah, Makes so. sense. So now you're unemployed. You're looking for something to do. Next step. And you turn the truck in. Turn the truck in, yeah. All right. So you go get your CDL and right. you start you start driving semi-trucks. Right. Who, for? who are you driving for? Uh, Carroll Trucking in okay. uh, Norfolk, Virginia. Cross-style logistics. Um, General Freight, um, uh, Walmart, Amazon contracts and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and how was that experience? It was a great experience. Okay. Yeah, pretty good experience. Got yeah. you. So you, you're doing General Freight. You drive for them for how long? Uh, about two years. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what happens next? Next, I got burnt out with that. You know, you know, yeah, certain companies you're like, ah, I'm not feeling it. You really, I want to want to do something. I want to, instead of working for someone, I want to work for myself. Right. You know, so right. I'd rather be my own boss, control my own destiny. Okay. So I said, let me start my dispatching company. Okay. All right. So you, so you, you jump out the truck and start your dispatching company. So you just quit that job and just go into dispatching? At the behest of my wife, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, even prior to, while I was doing dispatching, I was working as a like a broker agent and you know under different brokerages and stuff like that. But um, but that was brief, like with Tristan and um, different people. But um, the dispatching company, yeah, I did break from the driving into dispatching. I left that like cold turkey. I saved up some money. Okay. You know, my wife and I was like, you know, we need to because we got expenses. You know. Yeah. So we put aside about six months of ex we tallied up our expenses per month, multiplied that by six. And said, okay, that's going to be about six, seven grand. Okay. So while you figure this out, Charles, you know, we our expenses are covered, right? So did that and the dispatching started to take off. And I said, well, and I had a knack of showing others what I was doing, finding carriers, finding loads and booking loads and stuff like that. So I said, well, let me teach it. Okay. Because it was kind of natural coming to me. So got you. So I transitioned. All right. So when you got your dispatch company started, did you have any connections? Did you have a network? How did you get started initially i got started on another platform which i don't want to mention but okay, okay. <laughs> because it was kind of a it was a good experience because they they introduced me to it okay but it was a bad experience because of the, the the kind of the mentality of the person the instructor yeah but so you were dispatching under somebody else like you were working with them or how'd that work out? i was working with them and then i was working alongside of them okay. and they were also teaching me how to how to dispatch? How to okay. Dispatch. So yeah, got you. All right. So when you you, you get started, um, when you, at what point do you branch out on your own? Um, 2017-ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got you. So you kind of, I guess, you have like a little bit of a network at that point when you yes, get started. Yes, a small one, a small network. Okay. Know, okay. Got you. So when yeah. you get started, how many carriers do you start with? Talk about that. I had about three carriers when I got started. When I finished, I was dispatching for about, because I still have an accordion at my in my home office. I had about 36 carriers I was dispatching for. Okay. Now, when you hear that number, you're yeah. like, man, how can you handle 30? It's easy when you have a lot of those carriers with the same equipment type, booking the loads with the same brokers, putting them in the same lanes. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not hard at that point. But if you got different brokers with all 36 carriers, then you're all over the place. Right. So I kind of streamlined the process. And okay. that's the key that, that I do when I teach and uh, dispatching. Okay. I show them that way too. So yeah, Okay. 36. Got, got you. So you, you start with three and you grow to 36. How long does it take you to do that? Two years. In two years? Yeah. All right. So tell me a little bit about that growth because anybody watching this, you know, obviously wants to get into dispatching. 
And a lot of times people, they hear about, you know, just just fine carriers, just, you know, fine shippers, fine brokers. Right. Tell me about a little bit about that process and some of the challenges that you had kind of getting started. You had a little bit of an advantage because you had a network already kind of built. Correct. But what did you kind of do to start growing your company? Start starting with those three. How did you grow? Like, how, how did how did you build to that 36? Well, the first three were the hardest. The first Usually, the, whenever you do anything, the first steps are the hardest, right? Until you establish yourself. So the first three were the hardest. But then once you get some good brokers and you have good carriers running lows for those good brokers, then you can just scale your company by adding another carrier of the same equipment type with the same brokers in the same lane. And you just build off of that. That's, that's basically how I did it. Okay. So how, how did you connect with those additional carriers? Was it through word of mouth? It was some, okay, word of mouth. Visiting truck stops, cold calls, social media. Okay. I uh, put some put some advertisements on like Indeed, Craigslist. Everybody uses Craigslist, right? So, um, those those different avenues. So, if I would uh, tell people, don't just use one method of trying to do something, right? And in this space, in dispatching, don't use just cold calling because if you get shot down by carriers, you're going to get shot down by carriers all the time. They'll be like, I don't need you. I don't need <laughs> dispatching, I'll do it myself. I'll get them low boys myself, right? So, right? so you get shot down all the time by carriers, right? If you don't speak their language, you're going to get shot down by mm. So go to another avenue. Go to the truck stops. Pass out your flyers, your business cards, your dispatcher agreements, your profiles, whatever the forms you use to, to get your carriers under agreement. Get on social media. Do text campaigns. Email blasts, you know, like um, SMS blasts, uh, uh, MailChimp, Constant Contact. Okay. So there's different ways. There's different ways to to get to the carriers. Okay, got you. How do, how do you get around uh, those objections? Like if if you're calling a carrier, you're cold calling, and they say, yeah, I don't need you. I'll dispatch myself. Can you talk a little bit about uh, about that? Because I think th- those may be the points that people want to kind of hear about to understand. Like, okay, when I'm reaching out to carriers and I hear that no, what do you tell them to, 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 to convince them that, hey, maybe you do need me? Like, right. Or do you, or do you just move on and go to the next? Like, how do, you, how do you attack that? Well, initially you moved on because you didn't have the, you wasn't versed in how, knowing what to do and what to say. But that's a great question. Yeah. Because a person who begins, they'll say, well, yeah, I, everybody's saying no, everybody's saying no. Say, but over time you'll learn to say, okay, person says no, okay, well, are you satisfied with what the money you're making this week? How much you want per mile? Are you satisfied with that? You know, things like that. So I'll talk to the carriers in that way. Okay. But in the beginning, you a person will be like, okay, yeah, I'll just have to move on. And then finally get a carrier that'll say, yeah, matter of fact, I, I do I do need a dispatcher. Time is a, is a number one factor. Managing of their uh, back office is a number one factor for the carriers because they while they're driving, you're looking for their next load. Mm-hmm. They may not have time to do that. While they're driving, you're finding them better paying loads than what they were making per week. You, you're increasing their gross revenue for the week. I had a carrier who was a good carrier, drove for 20 years, was, was only making, he had a dry van, he was only making like 5000 a week in the dry van. Right. Once I started working with him, he's making twelve. Mm. So so some carriers do need you. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And he didn't even realize that. So Got you, got you, know. you got you. All right, cool. So you said um, out of the, 30, the 36, when you grew to that size, were you dispatching them all yourself I- or... All yourself. All myself. All myself. But then it got to a point where when I started teaching Dispatcher 101, I created what's called a sub-dispatcher program where I would loan my carriers or give my carriers to my students 
to dispatch those carriers, and then we would split the the percentage, the commission. Okay. I charge ten percent at the time. Okay. The base, the average range of dispatchers is between five and ten percent that they charge for their services, either a percentage or a flat rate between okay. four to six hundred a week, depending on how many loads you book or a percentage per load. Okay. Right. So, 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 how, how did you manage thirty six trucks? Because traditionally, people say five to six trucks per person. Right. That's what I say. That's what I teach. Right. Okay. Right. So, so how were you managing that that many trucks? Number one, were they how, how many carriers were there? Were like because I'm sure these were multiple. Like it wasn't thirty six carriers, right? It Correct. Was, Correct. So there's like so many so many trucking companies right. with X amount of trucks. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So so that's what equal to thirty six. So there was physically thirty six trucks. Right. But there was only about maybe like five or six trucking, trucking companies, companies that had like seven or eight trucks here and there. So it was easy. So I kept track in each trucking company. Let's say a trucking company had 10 trucks. I managed the truck and trailer numbers, the driver, the sale numbers, you know, who, who was driving that truck at the time, controlled all the paperwork, all the, the flow, the workflow of that company. Okay. That's what I did, so. Okay. So you, you basically, obviously you had to be very organized. Um, when you intake these companies, you said you're asking them kind of like what, what they want to do. Like what's your process when you bring on a new carrier? Right. When you bring on a new carrier, what you do is because... You're providing a service as a as a dispatcher, right? So right. you want to make sure that you provide the best service. It's almost like customer service and sales. You're selling yourself a service to that person. So you want to give them what they want. You want to ask them, okay, how much money do you want to make? How much money does it... Before I get in my truck, turn the key and move it, I want for a drive-in, for example, I want $3 a mile. I want to go... I don't want to go to New York, toes, right? I don't want to go in the mountains, or I want to stay east of the Rockies and I don't want to hit the Appalachian. So you're, you're, you're touching all the points that the carriers want. So if you're giving the carriers what they want, it, it just makes sense that the carriers going to want to at least consider working with you. Right. right? Now, so, a, a lot of these carriers, they're probably coming from being dispatched from somebody else or maybe they're dispatching themselves. What, what was it for you? Like, what was the experience? Yes. <laughs> One carrier had an attitude because he said, man, I'm tired of you dispatchers. Y'all send me, send me the... Uh, Helena, Montana. I can't get out of here for three days. I said, look, and I teach that in my in the course too. never send a carrier to areas. You got to you got to know the market. You got to know where you send your carriers to and whether you can get them loads out of it. Right. right. And I'm sure other trainers tell you the same thing. But yeah. um, so this particular carrier who was angry at the other dispatcher, he actually fired the person saying, like, look, man, I was sitting in this location for four days. Can you get me out of here? And that's how I won him over. He was sitting in a location. It wasn't Helena, Montana. It was somewhere else over there in the Pacific Northwest. I think it was, like, North Dakota somewhere. Right. And um, so I got him out of there, like, within three hours and mm. brought him back down to, like, the southeast. So whatever equipment type of carrier has, you have to be familiar with the areas of the country, the zones, if you will, of the country that that equipment type makes the most money in. And you keep that carrier running in those zones. Right. And that's the key. Dispatching is easy. Right. It's, it's so easy. You just got to know the market and you got to know the areas to send the carriers to. So I got that person out of that area in the Pacific Northwest, put him in the area where his equipment type can make money. And he grossed about 10000 that week. So he said, yeah, I want to work with you. Got you. As a dispatcher, is it ever scary because of the fact that a carrier can leave you so easily? Like, like you said, you won him over from somebody else. So right. that was somebody else's carrier on Monday. And by Friday, you were dispatching. That's a great question. It is scary. Only if you are not continually providing that service for the dispatcher. I mean, I'm sorry, for the carrier. Right. So if you're not 
grossing them eight to ten thousand a week. If I was a carrier and a dispatcher was finding me loads, grossing me eight to ten thousand a week, I would be foolish not to continue to work with that dispatcher. Especially right. if I was previously making like six to seven grand a week. Right. Why would I, in my right mind, get rid of that dispatcher that's putting food on the table, you know, money in my pocket, helping me pay my bills and things like that? So it becomes scary for the dispatcher when they can no longer do that on a consistent basis for that particular carrier. They can't continue to gross them, satisfy that carrier's needs as, as it relates to um, finances, as it relates to putting them in areas where they can make money, then yeah, it becomes scary at that point. Got you, so, got you. And you said uh, you help them handle their back office as well. What does that consist of? Just just the standard paperwork. I don't do like their taxes and accounting and things right. like that. That's, okay. I don't, I don't touch the carrier's money in that regard. I just basically deal on the broker side. Look, I book the loads, get the rate confirmations, and dispatch the carriers. They deal with their monies, um, especially if they have what's called a factoring company. Right. If they don't have a factoring company, then we deal with the payment options of the brokers. Brokers have, like, in most cases, three types of payment options, quick pay, uh, ACH transfer, or paper check. So, And that's talked about in the broker-carrier agreements. And I go over this very thoroughly in my trainings, one-on-one. Okay. Uh, any questions that's asked, I go over this stuff very thoroughly for the students to understand. Okay. So, okay, got you. You talked earlier about understanding different trailer types, right? And understanding the areas that uh, it would be, you know, best fit for your particular carrier. So when when you were running your dispatch company, do you still run your dispatch company or do you focus on training? Someone now? else runs the dispatch company. Oh, someone else? I focus on the training. Okay, yeah. got you. So when you were building the, the dispatch company, um, what was your niche? What was your specific trailer type that you like to work with? How did you find that niche and why did you choose that niche? Well, I had, my niche consisted of three equipment types. Okay. Not just one. So, and I teach that in the dispatcher one-on-one training for beginners. And um, the three equipment types are the 53-foot drive-ins, 53-foot um, temperature control reefers, they call them reefers, and the 48 or 53-foot flatbeds. Those are the three major equipment types. And the reason why is if you go out on any interstate here, throw a rock, you're going to hit one of those. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they're out there. So this is the logic I tell my students. They're out there the most. You can find loads for them the easiest on the load boards because that's where you're going to start off as when you train with me is the load boards, the spot market load boards before you start getting contract with shippers. Okay. So they're out there the most. Okay. You find loads for them the easiest and they pay the better rates. So that's that's the reason why the three major equipment types. Now, there are other specialized box trucks, hot shots, cargo vans, sprinter vans, but you're going to pull your hair out trying to find loads for them all the time mm. unless you unless you have a specialized skill set in those specialized equipment types like box trucks. Like I know my my people, uh, Tam and Sheldon, they, right. he's the box truck coach. So right. shout out to Yael. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. No but doubt. Um, yeah, so I teach on the three majors and that's the reason why, you know, so. Okay, so, so and, and that's also where, where you kind of started as well, yes. right? Did you ever like drill down and specialize in a niche or did you kind of stay broad I, with those for... That's a good question. Yeah. I, I did because I drove box trucks. So I have a familiarity with that. So I I did it a little bit, but I'm not as good in the box truck space okay. as I am in the semis. Okay. You know? All right. So you just now brought up the load board. When you're when you're on the load board, can you kind of talk to us a little bit? You mentioned the spot market. Can you explain for people who don't understand that is like what's the difference between like a spot market rate and a contract rate right. and then kind of get into what you kind of look for on the load boards when you're actually looking for a load for your carriers. Can okay. you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. So 
spot market and contract. Contracts are like shipper, direct shippers to the to the carriers, trucking companies. The spot market are the loads that the brokers post on the load boards, right? They go to they go to spot market. Sometimes they're they're like spillover freight, leftover freight, and freight that they can't get rid of. But sometimes those rates are still good. And right now, um, the carriers are controlling the market right now. The rates are still high right now. So, but that's the that's the definition of the spot market rate. The the, the lows that the brokers post on the low boards that they're trying to get rid of, um, either the spillover freight or they just post it because they got them from their customers who are the shippers. Right. Um, when I'm on a low board looking for lows for the um, the three equipment types, you know, number one, I teach my students. To focus on because when you get a carrier under an agreement as a dispatcher and a care with the carriers, we have a dispatcher agreement and then we have a carrier profile. The profile is the carrier's way of telling you how they want you to cater your load search for them on the load boards. Three dollars a mile. I want to go to this area. I want to carry only 40,000 pounds because most carriers don't want to haul their max weight. Right. Because of obviously fuel costs. You know, you want to save on fuel. I want to I don't want to I want to stay on low land, the southern part of the country. I don't want to go in the mountains. I don't want to deal with those five to seven percent upgrades and downgrades, killing my brakes and stuff like that. So all these they're trying to keep their costs low. So we're on the low boards. My students are focusing on their profile to find loads according to the carrier's profile, because, again, it's all about customer service. You want to match what the carrier told you on the profile when you call them back and say, hey, man, I got a load according to what you told me. Because if I'm a carrier and I hear that, I say, oh, man, you, you're doing your job. You're listening to me. Right, right, right. You know, so right. that's how I do it on the load boards. So. Okay, got you. So how do you find those loads? I mean, when you actually work in the load boards, you're on there looking. I mean, because you could have thousands of loads, right? right. At any given time that right. you're looking at. What, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you looking for? Obviously, you, you, you filter down. In, in some way, oh, yeah. right? Can you explain? So, like you've been on a low board, <laughs> maybe a few times I've been there. You know, yeah, you've been on a low board. But, yeah. but, but you're the guru, man. So, so, so talk about it. Okay, so a drive in. I'm, I'm I live in Norfolk, Portsmouth, Virginia Beach area, right? Um, so drive in, origin. Let's say Norfolk, Virginia. Destination anywhere. Um, Thirty thousand, forty thousand pounds, right? You come up with all these loads. Boom, 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 boom. Some of the loads. The brokers post their rates that they're trying to sell to the carriers. Others, they do not. And I show the students how to add in their percentage when they're calling the brokers to negotiate a, a higher number to include their percentage. Because my training is when you charge 10 percent and you call the broker to negotiate it, you want to include your percentage in the rate as opposed to pulling it from the carrier's pocket. You want to pull it from the broker side. Right. Because the brokers, if you see a posted rate on a low board, you can best believe that the broker got thousands of dollars more in that load <laughs> they're just trying to make their margins right and maybe skim some more off the top right so you got negotiating room okay so but on the load boards um any any criteria you come out with all these loads and you just decide you call your carrier and say hey i got you a load it's paying such and such and such i'm going to negotiate my percentage into that with the broker you still get your money i'm going to get my money so if i'm a carrier i'm like okay so you essentially working for me for free, mm. you know, that's and, how you kind of tell them to communicate it. Right. Because when you first talk to a carrier as a dispatch, you say if you were a dispatcher talking to me, you say, I want you to I want to, um, you know, Ramel, you say I want to be your dispatcher. I say, OK, what, what are you charging? You, you'll say 10 percent. Oh, my God. No, not 10 percent. Well, then you, your rebuttal will be, OK, well, my 10 percent is not coming out of your pocket. Right. My 10 percent is going to come out of the broker side when I negotiate a higher rate. 
mm. and you're going to still get the value of the loan from the loan board. That's how we work together. That's how our agreement is structured. So most carriers will look at that and say, okay, you know, so you're working for me for free, essentially. Right. Yeah, I, I am, but I'm not. Right, right, so, right. Now, that makes sense. I mean, it's, it's just framing it in a different way it, it so is. that, and, and it's really the truth because if, if that's money that they're not expecting, like they, they have their number right. and you're just basically building your rating on the top. Right. Yeah. And if you have an understanding of the carriers, what they want to make per week, what their expenses are. So you don't have to learn all this as a dispatcher, but it helps you leverage winning the carrier over. If you understand more and more about the, why a carrier is a carrier, their expenses, their fuel costs, they have insurance, tires, repairs, maintenance and things like that. And you say, OK, well, what's your what's your cents per mile? What's your break even cents per mile? In other words, after all your expenses is paid, what do you need per mile to break even at least? I'll get you that plus more so you can turn profit. So right. if, if a carrier hears this from a dispatcher, they're going to think like, man, he knows he knows his stuff. So now he's more susceptible to work with that person because that dispatcher. I'm not saying you're going to have to study a college course on doing that, <laughs> right, but right, I'm just right. saying, though, you know. Right. So. Right. All right. So so talk to a, a, a person who wants to become a dispatcher. Right. Okay. And they don't have a carrier yet, but they want to learn. They they want to. They, they, they want to understand, like, what's the best markets. They want to understand where's the best place for their carrier to pull out from. And, and they don't have a, a carrier profile to really look at and say, OK, we know this guy wants to go from here to here. W what would you tell them to do to kind of like get their feet wet and, and start learning how things work? Well, I have a YouTube channel. I have two YouTube channels. Um, Dispatcher 101 Training for Beginners on the Dispatcher side and Freight Broker 101 Training for Beginners on the freight broker side. On the dispatcher side, I have over 155 free YouTube videos that talks about everything you just mentioned as far as a person Dope. who doesn't know anything. Okay. If they don't get enough content from that, <laughs> then they can enroll in my ongoing training where I give you access to, I got six low boards I give you access to. I give you access to three trainings, three days a week, uh, Wednesdays, at 6 p.m. Eastern, mm -hmm. Saturdays at 12 noon Eastern, and Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Those trainings are recorded. They are stored in our back office portal for our members only to go back and watch over and over again. I have three free ebooks, a glossary, tools and resources like the DAT directory, uh, trend lines, all these things that you, for analytics. Yeah. Analytics, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, what else did I mention? Did I forget anything? So, you sound like you gave a lot so far. I'm giving. So <laughs> one of my students called me. Remember the movie American Gangster? I do. Blue Magic. Yep. Blue Magic. They said I'm Frank the Blue Lucas. Magic. They said I'm the Blue Magic of dispatching. I, uh, I give twice the content for half the price. Ah. Uh, that's uh, what they. That's what. Uh, that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. Right. I, I, because I I give so much away. Yeah. As opposed to trying to take, and I'm not throwing shots at anybody. I'm yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Now I, I got it. I got it. So. For someone who's listening right now, right? Because they're going to do all that. They're going to come check you out and they're right. going to do all that. If that person who's like, all right, I'm listening right now. I want to know what's the first steps I should take. Should I, should I get a load board? Should I, get, should I, should I go in and, 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 and purchase a, a membership to a load board? Should I jump on there, play around with it? Maybe use the state that I'm in? And, 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 or should I start cold calling some shippers right. and brokers? Just what, what would right. you tell them? So I know with, you have tons of content, but what would with, you tell that person listening right now? Great, them? great question. So with the with the low board aspect, they can't do that as a beginner student because you have to have an NCO DOT to even get access to a low board to even be considered to pay for on the subscription. Right. So you can't even get access to the low board. So 
someone who is brand new who wants to to know about dispatching or even freight broker. We didn't even, we're not even talking about the freight broker part, but right. the dispatching part. Call me <laughs> on my website. That cell phone that I, that you saw me with in uh -huh. here when we were talking prior to this recording is I give out my cell number. Okay. Email. I'm very transparent. You can call me anytime. You're not going through a secretary or the secretary of the secretary. <laughs> you get it straight to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and, yeah. and my, oh, I didn't even mention my close to 900 dispatching students that mm. I have right now mm. in the year 2021 will tell you that soon as they call Charles, he picks the phone up. Right. Right. As a matter of fact, I get chewed out by my wife because <laughs> like, look, because she said, you need to structure this. You got a business. But you need to say nine to nine, nine a.m. to nine p.m. After nine p.m., you're mine, right? So, because right. I be so busy, right? So she said, and 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 they get it. There's a balance, right? Yeah. But yeah, to that new person, yeah, just just reach out, reach out to me. I will, I will, I will hold your hand literally, because I'll fill you out. I'll ask you questions to kind of gauge where you are. Okay. Because there, because different people are at different levels. Some people may know about a little bit about transportation because they may have a relative or a friend who was a truck driver, mm. right? So they may throw some terms at you. And not even knowing what the terms mean, but they'll just throw them at you, right? Right. Others will be like, well, I know nothing about it. So I'll take and hold your hand. Okay, this is where you need to be. Let's, let's go this you. route. Right. So You can choose your own adventure. You can. So my, my platform, it has four modules in it. And it's a self-paced learn-as-you-go platform. Yeah. And you can be enrolled into it for up to a year. Okay. Okay. So. All right. Dope. All right. Let's talk about... Uh, uh, getting, getting, finding carriers, right? Okay. What, what, and I actually saw you, you had a really good video um, on YouTube about finding carriers, the, the process of finding new carriers. What, what, what do you, give us an idea what you kind of teach your students when they're looking to find new carriers. Okay. So there's, um, if you're going to do the cold calling route of finding carriers, I, on one, two, three low board under the resources tab on the left side, there is a search directory. You can either search for carriers brokers or shippers. I train my students because I do Zoom. It's my training are on Zoom live. I share my screen, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yep. So I show them step by step, literally showing them exactly how I did it when I was doing it. Um, one, two, three, low board search directory. That's number one. That's one way of finding carriers. Mm -hmm. There used to be one, um, the truck search feature of Truckers Path, but they've since took, taken it down because they discovered that a lot of dispatchers are using it. <laughs> so, um, uh, I have a low board called Trucking Planet, which has truck searches. You can truck thousands of carriers. When I say thousands, thousands. So mm -hmm. there's no there's no end. Um, and one called the DAT directory. So DAT has that is a low board. It stands for Dial a Truck. It's an acronym. D A T Dial mm -hmm. a Truck. Mm -hmm. And it has a feature under the Trucker's Edge version of DAT called the DAT directory. That's another area to find. Uh, carriers. Okay. So okay. So that and that's just under one aspect of finding carriers, the cold calling aspect. We didn't mention visiting truck stops. Mm. We didn't mention the the SMS, the the email campaigns, or any of that stuff. So okay. But all right, let's 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 start with the 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 directories. When you find these huge lists of carriers, what are some of the things that you're looking at to kind of I guess filter them down because maybe you don't want to call every single person on the right. list. Can you talk about that a little bit? Great question. So. New dispatchers, I recommend between one to three, maybe five at the most carriers. So when you search for carriers and you get a result set of all these carriers, see how many assets or trucks they have. If it's five or less, then they're a consideration. 
I also have them check their DOT, cross-reference it with a website called SAFER. Um, SAFER is, is um, governed by what's called the FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, where it looks up, it's, it's a matter of public record about either a carrier, a broker, or shippers. You can just type in their uh, DOT, MC number, or the name of the company, and it gives you all this plethora of information that the FMCSA has because they put data about trucking companies all over the country in a FMCSA register, right? So you can look up anybody and get their information. So I, cro I have the students cross-reference the MC, DOT, or the name of the carrier once they got a result of that carrier from that directory or mm -hmm. the, whatever method they use. Right. Cross-reference it with the Safer website to kind of vet out the carrier to make sure, number one, that they're not an asset under a brokerage because that would be double brokering. Because mm. if you're an asset under a brokerage and you are calling brokers to book a load for a carrier under a brokerage, you see what I'm saying? Right, right, so, right. Um, so that's, I teach them that. Yeah. So I'm trying to get them to get past the headaches that I went through when yeah. I was doing it. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of putting them onto the learning curve. So got you. Give me, give me some more things that you said, you said the safer score. First of all, what, what is that? And what type of score do, do, do they want to look for? Um, uh, like what's the threshold of, of the kind of carrier that they want to work with? Can you, can you tell us? Yeah. So the safer is, so they have different, it's not necessarily a score, but it has like satisfactory, uh, uh, conditional and, and unsatisfactory types of ratings, yep. uh, safety ratings and not yep. scores. So if you're, we want all carriers who have satisfactory ratings and I forget off the top of my head, but there's five categories that make up a safe rating, you know, like driving record, uh, um, um, insurance and things like that. There's five different categories and it lists them on the, um, truck search feature of truckers path. Okay. But and it was color coded on the truck search feature of Truckers Path. If it's if they all those categories were green, then they um, classified as being safe, right, or satisfactory. If a few of them were yellow and some of them were green, they were conditional. And if all of them were red, obviously they were unsatisfactory. We wouldn't deal with them. Mm. So I taught my students, and I still teach them to deal with only with carriers who have um, a safe. Safety rating or satisfactory safety rating. Got you. Now let's say you're 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 a new dispatcher and you have a cousin who has his trucking company and his safety rating isn't that good, but he wants you to dispatch him. What do you tell that person? Mm. <laughs> so now you're now you're getting you're crossing the line of family and blood, right? So Yeah, or or maybe it's not even a cousin. Maybe it's just a friend or through word of mouth and they're like, hey, you know, I'm not the best trucking company, but you know, I do need a dispatcher. I got five trucks. I mean, do you take them on and, and take them on a contingency? How do you approach Probably that relationship? Probably as a contingency. You give them an opportunity. You know, you give them, I always have a saying, you give a person enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> okay. So you give them an opportunity. You check their MC out because even if you give them an opportunity, when you present the MC to the broker, they're going to look them up in their system and cross-reference them and see what their CSA scores are. You know, compliance, safety, and accountability. That's right. what the CSA score is. Right. So they're going to check them out. They're going to check their insurance out, see if they have any fatalities on the insurance or things like that. So the broker's going to do your job for you anyway as a dispatcher. You're just trying to beat them to the punch by getting satisfactory carriers before you submit to the Because it's a process when you book a load with a broker as a dispatcher. Right. Going on a load board, calling the broker, saying, hey, I'm, I'm looking at this load going from A to B. Is it still available? They're going to say, oh, OK, let me check. What's your MC, by the way? Dispatcher going to give them the MC of the carrier. They're going to look them up in their TMS system or whatever system they use to kind of see if they're already onboarded or approved carrier under that brokerage. Right. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, they're going to say um, they're not approved, but that's not a problem. Let us send you our 
packet, you know, our broker carrier agreement. And I, I go over this line by line with the new students of the actual workflow of actually how to do it. Well, what is a, what is a broker carrier agreement? You know, a, a student might ask, right? Yeah. So let's break it down because there's terms in there that fine print. I go through, when I say I go through every line, I go through every line with indemnity, property loss, insurance, payment methods, everything. Yeah. You know, so I go through everything in the, in the, because I want the dispatch. If you're going to dispatch, then you need to dispatch, if that makes sense, you know? Explain that, expound on it. Okay, so if you want to dispatch a carrier, you, you need to understand the whole process and the workflow of dispatching. Everything that's involved from A to Z, not not high level stuff, because high level stuff can get you in trouble because there's things underneath that you may not know about. Right. Right. So when you come across issues like carriers running late, what do you do? Uh, carriers sitting on the loading dock for a number of hours. What do you do? You know, saying different things. So those are S, S, um, accessorials. Right. Right. Uh, uh, um, uh, tone news and, and detention and layovers and stuff like that. So what do you do in those situations? You know, some some students may not know that, right? So I go over all the all the worst case scenarios and provide solutions to the best of my ability, obviously. Right. right? And, right. And, and my experience. So but yeah. So Got you. So if, if you have a let's say a, a newer carrier who is is not, you know, meeting a lot of the their authorities new or maybe they're not the safest carrier and they're not meeting a lot of the criteria, but you're trying to dispatch them. What is there anything that you could do? Is there any other is there any other methods like what what do you train your students to tell them like, OK, your, your carrier is not really up to par. You just not you sever that relationship. How do you work with them? Great question. Um, so there are and those are the carriers who are willing to work with dispatchers, the ones whose authorities are brand new. You may have been a truck driver, a company driver for 20 years, but yeah. you just got your own authority. Right. So once you got your own authority. All that 20 year stuff starts over. It's the date that your authority becomes active. Correct. So in the eyes of some, some, not all brokers, but in, in the eyes of some brokers, you're new. So they're not going to give you a chance because they're taking insurance risks and things like this. Right. Right. I have a database, a spreadsheet of tons of brokers who work with new authority carriers. Mm. So I've built that up over time based off of my experience and in experience of other students. So those carriers give dispatchers an opportunity because they say, okay, I got my new authority. If you can help me find loads, I'll, I'll be willing to work with you. Well, yeah, we can because in our network, we have brokers, we have resources that can get you brokers that'll give you an opportunity with a new authority. So if you have a, a new authority that's like 60 days, 90 days or less, some brokers will say, okay, um, our shipper qualifies you to be at least a year, but I'm going to give you a shot. If you can show me three loads that you moved successfully prior to you coming to me trying to get a load, you know, three references or things like that. And what that means, success means that you delivered on time. There was no uh, damage freight and there was no claims filed against you. Right. Mm. So if you can show three references of loads that you, and we're going to check, says the broker. Right. We're going to check you. You give us those three references. Right. And if they if they clear to our satisfactory, then we'll give you a chance. So I've had cases like that where brokers will say, this is what we do to kind of bypass. I know you've been driving for 20 years, but your authority is new. But we'll we'll give you a shot. OK. So. OK. Now, that's 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 actually some great information. I yeah. like that. I like that. So you said you also do broker training as well. Freight broker. Freight broker. Training for beginners. How, how, how does that differ? How is that different from your. Dispatch training. <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me trouble. Oh my God, that's some crap. No, okay. um, it's different because, and there's a there's a, 
uh, a negative connotation from brokers on dispatchers. Dispatchers ain't nothing but glorified brokers. They they're operating without an authority. They don't have a broker license because we're not we're not taking possession of the freight. Neither are brokers. Brokers are people who are they're logistics providers. Right. They arrange for the transportation of freight by procuring it from the shippers and brokering it or selling it, brokering to the carriers. And they don't take possession of the freight, but they need a license to do that, right? Dispatchers work for the carriers. So there is no similarities between the dispatchers and the brokers. I don't know why the brokers continue <laughs> to think that dispatchers are in the same class as the brokers. Right. Now, brokers require a bond, an authority, UCR, insurance, BLC3, right? So, and I break that down for the students, what all that stuff means. You, you know, you got to apply for your authority first. You're a broker of property authority. I literally go on the fmcsa.dot.gov website, fill out the OP-1 form, which is the motor carrier broker of property form, line by line. There's eight sections on there, right? Four of which, three or four of which applies to the brokers. Everything else applies to carriers and household goods carriers, right? Right. So I go through that thoroughly with the students to fill that out, right? And then the next steps, we go through the next steps of that process, right? So you do your um, your um, broker authority, the OP1 form, and then you get issued a grant letter with your MC and DOT number. It's not active. They just give it to you. At the same time they do that, there's a 10-day protest because someone may want to protest the fact that you just applied for an authority. They say, well, you don't qualify to be a broker. I want to protest that right. to the FMC. They may file it with the FMCSA. In that 10-day process, you still have to look for a bond company, whether it's a surety bond or a trust fund, so that the bond company can file either a BMC 84 or a BMC 85 back to the FMCSA satisfying the requirements of the FMCSA showing that you, the broker, have a bond. Also, you have to find a process server, someone who, if someone files a claim against you, Mr. Broker, that they can say you've been served. That's basically what that is. Right. You can be your own process server as a broker if in the state that you live in that you have contracts with in your domicile state. Otherwise, you just get a process server company that controls the majority of the states it's going to be contracting in anyway. So that's a that form, that process company has to file a form called the BOC-3, the blanket of companies or blanket of coverage. I'm yeah. sure you've heard that before, yeah, right? Yeah, for sure. So, and then after that, um, you got to deal with some insurance. You got to do a UCR. Everyone has to do a UCR. Motor carriers, brokers, you have to do a UCR, unified carrier registration. You have to identify yourself, who you are. With brokers, it's zero to four trucks. With carriers, it's however many assets you have, right? So, and then insurance. Outside of the $75,000 bond that you have, some shippers require brokers to have additional insurance, maybe liability, maybe errors and omissions, ENO, or maybe what's called CCI, contingent cargo insurance. So these are, and I go, again, when line I say I'm line. thorough, yeah. I, I go over it very thoroughly. So they, I like that. I like that. It, so. Thank you for breaking that down. I appreciate yes, that. Sir. All right. Uh, let's talk about finding shippers. Okay. Um, um, how, how do you... Uh, tell your students how to find shippers when they're when they're brand new. Great question. Um, the same, some of the same techniques that that's with the um, uh, carriers. Okay. So, number one, Google, right? So, one student who lives in Atlanta, I say, okay, let's open up Google, and I do this on my in my Zoom training. I share my screen. I say, okay, I student, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. I say, okay, um, 
Let's Google manufacturers or shippers um, in Georgia or in Atlanta. 30, 50 results pop up. Boom, yeah. boom, 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 right? Yeah. So I say before you call a shipper, the first thing you want to do is if they have a website, go to their website and educate yourself about what type of products, what, what is their commodity? What do they ship? What are their goods, right? So because if you call a shipper and you like, if you were a shipper and I were to call you and say, hey, um, I'm with ABC Brokerage. I want to move some of your freight. Can I move some of your freight? The shipper hears that. Okay, okay. You want to move some of my freight? Okay, I'll give you an opportunity. What do we ship, by the way? <laughs> do you know? What are our lanes? Right. Where are we going? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so so you have to, you don't want to have yourself look green. You want to educate yourself. You want to, and that's, and that's in life, though. When you venture into something new, you want to educate yourself about what you're going into so you don't look like an idiot. Right. You know, without being too insulting, but, you right. know. So, right. So that's one way. Okay. Um, Google. I have other resources on just like on the dispatcher side. I have resources in my back office portal for brokers on the broker side, mm. you know, that they can go into. Um, McRae's Blue Book, Thomas Net, Hunter IO, Leonard's. I mean, I have so much. I have so much resources in my back office. I actually forgot that I had stuff back there. <laughs> I got you. I have so much content. I'm when I say I give stuff away, brother. I give stuff away. I love it. I love so, it. What what's what what's more important find for for a dispatcher? Is it more important to get some carriers or more important to find shippers and brokers? What comes first, a chicken or the egg? For dispatchers, you got to get a carrier because your your contract is between you and the carrier. So you have to get the carriers right. under a dispatcher agreement because you can't book loads or move loads for them until you have an agreement. Right. Because otherwise, I, I don't have to pay you. If I don't have a dispatcher agreement, if I don't agree right. to pay you, or if we don't have a contract, you can find the loads for me all you want and book those loads. I don't have to give you a dime. For sure. So, so on, But on the flip side, you some people who are new will say, well, man, I, you know, how do you attract carriers by saying you have freight so it's like okay lying <laughs> listen i'm i you know I, I like so a lot of people feel as though they should try to look for some freight out there and then they can say ah you know i got these connections with this person that person so you you would say that's not the right well, way to think about you, it be careful when you do it that way because you don't want to as a dispatcher you do not want to act as a broker. Now that is illegal. You can't do that. Okay. You cannot act as a broker. So say to say that you have freight and you don't have freight, you just saying it because you you have the ability to go on a load board and find loads. Right. But if you haven't procured that freight like brokers do, then you don't have freight. So mm. you have to so there's a thin line when you as a dispatcher when you do it like that. Mm. So is it actually illegal? Well, or is it that's just a bad choice of words. It's unethical. 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 There yeah, you yeah, go. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. So, All right. So here's my next question. How do you turn uh, uh, load board freight into dedicated lanes? Great question. You must know something about transportation. <laughs> a little um, something, something. So to turn a load board freight spot market loads into dedicated loads, your carrier, so say you have one carrier, whether they're a dry van, flatbed, or reefer, and they're moving loads for this one broker consistently over and over again, delivering on time, nothing's damaged, no claims filed against them. Let's say they did that for a year. This broker may come to you, the dispatcher, because they're communicating more so with the dispatcher than they are with the carrier because the dispatcher is the one who's always booking the loads with the broker, right? So they'll come to the dispatcher and say, hey, man, I know the carrier, is, he's doing pretty good, right? Consistently and everything. We just had this new lane open up. It's a dedicated lane. Would your carrier be interested in, in doing that lane? Uh, Yeah. Right. Be right. You know, why? Because dedicated lane is R, dedicated lanes are, you always know where you're picking up. You always know where you're delivering to. 
you always know what you're getting paid, right? It's, it's consistent freight. It's dedicated freight. It's a step above consistent. It's dedicated. It's always there, right? Right. So, so yeah, so to get to dedicated, your carrier has to prove themselves over time. That's mm. how you go from spot market to consistent to dedicated. Got you. Okay, so when you're when you have a dedicated lane, just for people to understand. Oh, let me define. I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. A lane because we we're throwing terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I do this all the time in my training when I start talking because I love to teach, but when I start talking, I use big words and yeah. I, and, I, and I have to take a step back and realize that my audience are beginners. Right. Then I always go back and define certain words. Right. For sure. So lane a lane is is one. It's a line haul or a. If you're picking up from one location, delivering to another. So let's say Atlanta, Georgia to Charleston, South Carolina. That's a lane, right? Right. So, or a line haul or what's called a head haul or a line haul or a lane. That's what's, so just to break it down a little bit more. Got you. No, for sure. Appreciate yeah. that. All right. How, how does that impact the price in, in terms of, okay, going from spot market to contract as, as a dispatcher, because now it's consistent freight, right? This is, you're going to have this lane consistently right. now. Are you charging this customer the same now? Are you negotiating that price? How, because before you're on the load board right. and you're just getting whatever price you can get at right. the time based on the market conditions, right? right? But now it's, it's, it's contract. So how does how do you make that transition in price? Well, number one, as a dispatcher, you would restructure your agreement with the carrier first. Make sure you cover your bases with the carrier. So when you do, I would I would advise to think in the future when you create your dispatcher agreement to include the possibility of getting consistent as well as dedicated lanes in your price points in your dispatch agreement starting out. But let's say you did. Okay. Right. And you come across a broker that says, I got this dedicated lane now. And you go to your carrier and say, we got a dedicated lane. My rates are still, I don't know, 10%. So whatever the lane is paying, the gross. So for dispatchers, you get paid the percentage or the flat rate of the gross amount of the load that's made, not the net, the right. gross, right? right? So if they grossed 8,000 that week, you'll get 10% of that, right? So 800. So with dedicated lanes, whatever you're grossing for that week in that dedicated lane, it still applies to the dispatcher, what they're going to get paid. Right. And you and that carrier will have to, you know, agree to that. And more than likely they will, because you, the dispatcher were the one that got the carrier Fine. in the dedicated lane. Yeah. Because at, cause at, cause at that point, the conversation is a little bit different. Like, remember how we were talking about earlier when you were like, the way you frame it is, I'm going to get you your number and then I'm going to put my, I'm going to mark up and, and get my pay out of that. Right. Whereas now, if there's a contract rate, you know, it's kind of, they may look at it as, you're, I'm getting that rate and now you're taking from me from that rate. You right. know what I mean? Because right, right. you can't really position it the same way because it's going to be a consistent rate now on that lane. Exactly. You're right. Exactly. You know? So, and they, and they were, if, if it was to go that other way, they would have felt like slighted or cheated. Right. right. So, yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so it's just, I guess, I mean, and obviously, I guess as you have a, a relationship with that person, you know, they, they trust you and, and they're working with you. Obviously, you've gotten to the point to where they have a dedicated run. Right. I'm sure they're happy. For yeah, that. yeah. Because when I was dispatching, I knew some of my my dispatchers, my carriers, uh, wives, kids. <laughs> I almost had to go to a bar mitzvah one time. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, right, right, you, know, right. you dispatch different people, different personalities. Yeah. You know, and they and they carriers love to talk, especially if they're out late at night or sitting at loading docks waiting to get loaded and unloaded because that's hours. Yeah. Detention time, right? Waiting for hours. So if you're calling them, even if you check on them, hey man. I know you're under the load I just booked for, I just, but I'm just calling just to see how you're doing. Everything good? Do you, you know, you need anything from me? 
They like that. Right. So because you're building a rapport, you're building a relation. It's all about relationships. Mm, you know. So. Got you. What are, what are some mistakes you made early in your career? Dispatching? <laughs> I got to go. It's time to go. <laughs> this is my favorite question because, you know, when, when we when we talk about some of this stuff, everybody makes it sound so easy. Right. right. Like. I just go out there and dispatch. It's no big deal. It's easy. Now, I, mean, I think you even said dispatching is easy. You said that, right? I did. Your document did said it. You didn't say it. But I didn't I, say it on tape. Though. You did say it on okay, tape. And that's the key. Dispatching is easy. Right. It's, it's so easy. <laughs> but just just being in business and being a business person, nothing is easy, right? right. There's, there's a learning curve. There's stuff that comes there with is. it. So talk about there some is. of those challenges that you had that you had to kind of learn from, you know, and in which you can now train and teach people how to not make those mistakes. Correct. So under, well, language barriers, well, not language barriers per se, but communication. That's one mistake you don't want to make between the dispatcher and the carrier. If you do not effectively communicate to the carrier, like the details of a specific load, when is this picking up? Is it an appointed time on the load or not? Because sometimes you may have a carrier who's under a load and on their way to have it delivered at a receiver, but you booked the load like overlapped the time. So let's right. say I'm let's say I'm under a load and it gets delivered to, today, Sunday, tomorrow, Monday, but you booked the load for me Monday at 6 a.m. But my load that I'm under don't deliver until 9 a.m. Right. That's an overlap. Right. That's a mistake. Right. So. Um, things like that. So you want to effectively communicate. You want to understand and speak the language, not only of the carrier, but also the broker. You want to understand that. Um, just that's that's basically for me communication. The main thing. The main are, thing. are there any things that you put in place to make sure you effectively communicate? Like any software, any tools? I got in my back in, in the back office and <laughs> <laughs> dispatcher one on one training for beginners. The platform. Yeah. I got low detail cheat sheets because I learned over time. Sometimes when brokers post loads on a load board, they do not provide all the details of the load. So me knowing that over time, I created what's called a cheat sheet. For the specific equipment types, for the drive-in flatbed reefers, because there's different types of questions you want to ask for a reefer. You know, mm. what, is it you know temperature control? What's the, is it 34 degrees? Is it continuous? You know, things like that. So, how many stops? Is it multiple stops? Is it a one in one? One pick, one drop. So, I created a cheat sheet to kind of fill in the blanks when the brokers don't put all the details on the load boards for a dispatcher to effectively inform their carrier about the details of the load so that the carrier can make an informed decision as to whether or not they can take that load or not. Because right. the carrier needs to know, especially if they're under a load, currently going to deliver a load. And then you call them and say, hey, man, I got your next load for you. All right, well, what is it? What's the commodity? And the commodity is what's being, what's the freight? What's the cargo? What's, what's being hauled in the trailer, right? Right. So what's the commodity? When does it pick up? How much does it weigh? Is it a one-on-one? -on -one? Is it multiple stops, right? Sometimes not all of those details are on the load board. So again, I created a cheat sheet and I made it one of the resources in my back office for my students to access because they just they need that information. Got you. Well, so, give, give me a, a horror story dispatcher, <laughs> man. Give me a time where you didn't communicate effectively or you did something that it just had you, you know, pulling whatever hair you have out. Um, I, I had a carrier who... And he called me like four in the morning. He was stuck. And I, I did a terrible job with this. I learned from it, you know, because, you know, mistakes are life's learning experiences. Yeah, right? so, for sure. Um, 
So he called me. He was sitting at, it was a Coyote load. Coyote is a, bro, a large broker. Mm -hmm. um, um, he was sitting at a loading dock. They were not going to release him until they had a T code from the broker to pay that cost of that lumper. So a, what a lumper is, is at the shipping and the, uh, the receiving facilities, the, the, they charge sometimes for those forklifts to come into and out of the trailers to load and unload. It's called lumper, right. that, that labor force. Um, and he was sitting there well past detention time, 4 a.m. He called me, said, man, I got my next load that delivers at 9 a.m. I've been here since 4 a.m. I got to get on the road. And it was about a six hour drive. So I called the it was fortunate that um, Coyote had a 24 hour um, call center service. Right. But I didn't effectively book the load in the sense that I didn't know that there was a lumper involved in that particular load that mm. is where the mistake happened because if i had i known that then i would have gotten the t code which is a code that the broker produces in order to pay for the cost of the lumper so that the carrier can get released from the facility to go on to his next load right, right. had i known that all of that extra three to four hours wouldn't have taken place mm. so t codes cover lumper sometimes you can pay a lumper with a t code credit card or cash and to, with the T code, the facility requires the, the uh, I'm sorry, the broker to produce the T code. They require the name of the facility, the uh, tax ID number of the facility, and the cost of the lumber, the price. Right. right. It was $147 at the time. So, but that was the experience where I didn't, when I booked the load, I didn't get the details of the load, which I now let my students know. You have to have all the details of the load to effectively communicate it. So. I didn't get the details of the load starting out, which produced this 4 a.m. call to me in the morning. My wife actually woke me. Hey, your phone's ringing. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. My, my, my side chick calling me. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, right, right, right. <laughs> sorry, babe. No, I'm going to side chick. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so she woke me up and said, your phone, your phone ringing, child. I said, okay, who's this? So my guy said, yeah, I'm, I'm stuck here. I need to get out of here. You need to call the broker and get this T-code sent over. So they sent it to me. I texted it to him. He walked into the facility, gave it to them, and paid the lumper, and they released his truck so he can go. Would, so, do, do you consider dispatching passive income? Or can it become passive income? Great cleanup, yes. Because <laughs> it's, it's not passive starting out, but okay. it can become passive, especially if you get carriers on dedicated lanes because you always know you're going to be making money. It's with passive residual, so to speak, yes. Right over right, right. over time it over, can be over time yes. and 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 the business looks like what at that point when it becomes passive what are, what do you have to do to kind of stay on top of the business at that point um, just maintaining good documentation maintaining good filing maintaining good communications things like that right. because when it gets to the point where it becomes automated like where you have dedicated lanes and you just boom, boom, boom. you can actually plug and play you can put in you can scale right. 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 Add more carriers. But then there's a certain limit to your scalability that you feel that you can handle. Right. So. But yeah, it's it could become passive, but you still have to. It's a controlled passive. Mm. Right. It's a controlled scalability because you still don't want to become overwhelmed with it. Right. Right. Because it can be because remember, these are carriers with different personality traits, different dispositions about themselves. Right. But over time, as you get to know them, then they'll open up to you. So. Right. Do when 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 it becomes passive, do you adjust your price at all? Or do you usually just maintain the same 
price and what and what do you think is a good price for it because a, a lot of dispatchers want to know that where should i start do because they hear 10 percent, they hear five percent where, where do you start charging as a dispatcher and so, how do you how do you come up with that price right so i go by the analytics of the of the market right now the what the rates for dispatchers are now i see people charging 12 15 which is kind of ridiculous in my case but five to ten percent is the going rate and i i tell my students if you are a novice and just getting into it between five and seven and then if you're a little bit advanced between eight and ten so most students who become who open up a dispatching company they'll say well i'll meet them in the middle seven percent so you're kind of here kind of swaying in between right Pinching. right so seven percent is a good baseline starting point and then as you grow and add more carriers and get more experience the new carriers you bring in you can go eight nine or ten but the ones you had at the seven percent when you started you want to keep them grandfathered you never want to increase on the ones that gave you your first opportunity, mm, right? That's gotcha, what I do. I, gotcha. I, I, I live by the honor system. So I say, I'm never going to increase on my percentage of my beginner carriers because they gave me the chance. They gave me the opportunity to prove myself as a dispatcher to them. As I get new carriers over time, let's say a year or so, I'm gaining more experience. I'm learning more about the industry, which warrants me increasing my percentage to those new carriers. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you, you, you train, you know, every week you have your students, 900 students, which is crazy. Congratulations. Thank you. What, what's the most frequently asked question that your, your, your students give you as you train them? Or what, what's the biggest hurdle for them? Finding carriers. Finding carriers. <laughs> and that's why I focus on that the most. So, so we got four modules. It's self-paced. You can go, they can log in. Once they enroll, they can log into my back office. I approve them for back office access with an email, their own email and password. Module one is called acquiring carriers. Module two is um, load boards. Module three is booking loads with the relationship between the broker and the, and the dispatcher. And then module four is invoicing the carrier from a dispatcher's perspective. Right. So I tell the new students or I advise them to concentrate on module one, master module one first, because you can't move on until you get a carrier. You can't go on a load board to find a load for a carrier you don't have. So module one. So we go in in module one. We talk about the three equipment types. We talk about the dispatcher agreement and profile. You know, we talk about those things. We talk about the methods of getting carriers. The number one method I suggest that worked for me is visiting the truck stops. Mm. Why? Because face to face. Right. The carrier is looking at you in the eye, man to man or woman to man or whatever the case may be. And you're talking to them. They see your disposition. They see your sincerity or whatever. You're talking to them. Right. right. You may have your dispatch agreement and profile in front of you. Give it to them. Give them a card. You're making a connection right then and there as opposed to being on the phone and talking to them. You're right there in front of them. So that's the best way to try to at least consider winning a carrier under a dispatch agreement is visiting those truck stops. I advise my students when they do visit the truck stop, don't just, just bum rush the truck stops. You got to get permission from management over the truck stops to say, hey, can I put my flyers on your bulletin boards or can I pass out some information or talk to the carriers while, while I'm on your property? So it's a respect thing. I always advise them to do that. Right. So, and they do it. So. Right. Talk, talk about your biggest success story. You have 900 students. Tell me about some of your results. Um, one student joined. Um, what's his name? Joshua. And two weeks later, he had eight carriers dispatching. I don't even hear from. So the students I don't hear from anymore, I know they're dispatching. <laughs> right. If they're not in the class learning, they're right. dispatching, right? Right. I got, and then here's a motivation story. I was going to tell you, you said, wait to this. Yeah. I got a student, I'm not going to mention his name, but he's quadriplegic. 
That means he don't have the capacity of his legs or his arms. But he's dispatching. Mm. So I tell other people, I said, if he can do it, what's stopping you? Right, right. This dude is quadriplegic. He has like, he, he'll write with stuff in his mouth and wow. he has the ability. Quadriplegic. God bless you, man. Yeah, wow. God. And he's, and you wouldn't even know it talking to him on the phone. He's so cheerful. He's nice. I love, I love that. Yeah. Everything, right? He, and he don't want any, he doesn't want anybody to feel bad about his condition. He says, I, I want to be a dispatcher. Mm. I let him in for free because I was so moved by his story. I said, look, I'm going to do everything I can for you. You can join for free. I usually charge $3.99 to enroll in the dispatching course. You join for free. Your monthly subscriptions are, are suspended for the whole year. Anything you want from me, you got it. Because I was so I was moved to tears. My wife saw me crying. She said, what's wrong with you? Mm. I said, and then I told her and my wife, she cries at commercials. So <laughs> I told her and she just... Just broke down, right? Yeah. But his that's name awesome. is his name is Larry. I don't want to say his last name, but his name is Larry. But he was quadriplegic and he's just like so inspiring, right? Shout out to and Larry. I, yeah, shout out to Larry, because he yeah. I'm just saying, if he can do yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he's he has limited capacity. You mean to tell me you can't do it? Yeah. Nah, hundred percent. So, yeah. What is the, the 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 in your eyes, what is the true earning potential of a dispatcher? <laughs> Minimal six figures. Okay. I got the one guy who I don't hear from anymore, he's easy making six figures. Okay. And you could, I'll give you. Okay. When you say six figures, you're saying like 100,000? 100,000. So let me, give you, let me give you a scenario. Let's uh -huh. break it down. Yep. So, and let's start with one carrier. Yep. 10%. You find them three loads a week. You book them three loads a week. Each load, one load picked up on Monday, delivers Wednesday. Pick up another load on Wednesday, deliver Friday. Pick up a load on Friday, deliver the following Monday. Three loads a week. Yep. Day and a half between each load, two days between each load, average about two thousand a load. So let's say you gross six to eight thousand a week for that carrier for those three loads, which is in this market today, that's chump change because you can do eight to ten right now because right. the carriers are dictating the market right now. It's starting to go down. I, I, I watch a lot of analytics. Yeah, freight waves. We talked about that yep. earlier. Yep. But let's just say six to eight thousand. So and you charge ten percent. So that's 10% of six to 8,000, six to 800. That's one carrier. How many, I tell my students, how many carriers can you handle per, um, for yourself before you have to scale? They'll say, I could do three, five. Okay, let's say five. Let's say you maxed out at five. You can do by yourself. You say six to 800, one carrier. You take that by five. So that's what? 3,000 to 4,000 a week. You're grossing as a dispatcher. Right. Now, four weeks in a month, 12 to 16,000 a month gross. Mm -hmm. 12 times 12 now, you're well over 100,000. Yeah. That's gross. Now, of course, you got to take out your expenses, taxes, and things like that, but you're still going to gross. You're still going to bring them on by 120, 125. Right. And your overhead is? <laughs> Cost electricity, internet, <laughs> phone. Because it doesn't take a lot. Well, when you scale, and even if you have five to 10 carriers dispatching for, you don't need a TMS system. Dispatchers don't need it. I, some students ask me about a TMS system as a, as a dispatcher. You do not need a TMS system. What is a TMS system? Excel spreadsheet. Excel spreadsheet. A TMS system is just a transportation management software. Right. That's what's used by the shippers and the brokers to manage their assets, carriers, shippers, accounts receivables, uh, document management, stuff like that. You're not that large. You're not a multi-million dollar company. You just need an Excel spreadsheet with some sales and records. Right. First name, last name, equipment type, email, phone number. Right. Because you only got five to ten carriers. You don't need to keep your overhead low. Why are you 
Why are you putting the cart before the horse? Why are you spending money to just lose money? Yeah, right? yeah. You just, so you just need an Excel spreadsheet, a laptop or desktop, telephone, cell phone, maybe a landline. You don't even need a fax machine. You don't need a printer. You can have e-print, e-fax, right? That routes straight to your email. So minimize your overhead. And I, I go over that in my um, in my training. Dope, dope. Who, so, who is dispatching for? Dispatching is for anyone who is um, tired of the nine to five, that wants to control their own destiny, that wants to create generational wealth for their family, um, that wants to be a business owner, start their own business, you know. Got That's you. For. Is there anything that you see in the future coming up? Like you said, you you study, you take a look at uh, what's going on in the mar- in, in, in in the industry that would ever, uh, I guess, uh, take away power from dispatches or create take away that opportunity of being a dispatcher. Is there anything that you see coming up, or is that just never going to happen? Well, I'm. I can't say it's never going to happen. I'm monitoring two things right now. Okay. The um, driverless trucks. Because obviously they're not going to need a dispatcher, <laughs> right? And then number two, there's legislation in place right now. They're trying to increase the liability for the carriers from one million to two million, and they're trying to monitor brokers and the role of dispatchers in the industry. Talk I think it's that, yeah. I think it's either in the Senate or the House right now, and it's moving to the the other side of, of the of the um, Congress. Um, uh, what's the company that brought that? TIA. Transportation Intermediate Intermediate um, Association Intermediaries Association, which are made up of disgruntled brokers <laughs> who are angry that dispatchers are uh, walking around here dispatching and creating businesses without having to have a license to broker. But again, brokers and dispatchers are two different things. If a dispatcher was to get a to apply for an MCO DOT, they would no longer be dispatchers. They would be brokers. Right. 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 Dispatchers work for the carriers. They assist the carriers in finding loads, booking those loads, and, and get paid for that service. Brokers procure freight from shippers with a contract, a broker-shipper agreement, and they broker the loads to the carriers with a broker-carrier agreement, and they have a margin for doing that, which is their percentage, 15 Twenty percent. Right. That's that's how broker that's how brokering works. Right. Right. I don't know why, for the life of me, <laughs> brokers are angry with what dispatchers is doing because it's apples and oranges. Mm. So, got you. So I guess looking ahead, it's really you just have to kind of play it by ear. Play it by ear. I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think the transportation industry is going anywhere. I always tell people that it's recession and pandemic proof. Right. Right. Because we're going around here with this virus. We got a Delta coming around the corner, right? Delta yeah. variant. And but you notice the one thing that didn't stop is goods and certain goods being moved from wherever they coming from to where they need to get. The grocery stores are still full. They had a little scare a little bit with, you know, toilet paper and all this other crap. <laughs> right, right, right. But, you know, so it, it's it's not going anywhere. Transportation yeah. industry is not going anywhere. Four modes of transportation, right? Rail, air, sea, and trucking. Multi-trillion dollar year industry. Trucking alone, multi-billion, 800 billion to be exact. It's not going anywhere. Right? Yeah. So as a dispatcher, if I can get one half of 1% of that, I'm a millionaire. No doubt. No doubt. And that's the pitch that I give to the students sometimes too, right? You look at, so if you're looking to come into an industry, do your research on the industry. Do the analytics in the sense that, okay, what's the economic indicators of the industry? 
And I just broke down transportation, right? The economic ind indicators is all those numbers, multi-trillion across the four modes, eight, 800 billion across the, the trucking side, right? That's the economic indicator. And then the, the, the social indicator is, is that it's recession and pandemic proof, right? Because right, right. in the recession, brokers and carriers and dispatchers, you know, made the most money. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Dude, would you say that dispatching would be the best way to get into the transportation industry? It is the easiest entry point. That's a great question, too, because a lot of people ask me, ask me that when they call me. They say, man, I saw you on YouTube. I want to either be a broker or a dispatcher. Can you explain the difference? I say, well, how much time you got, number one? <laughs> and then number two, what is your budget? Right. Because being a broker is going to take some startup costs. Being a dispatcher, it's going to take some startup costs, but very minimal. The dispatching is the easiest entry point and the one that I suggest to my students to get into first before transitioning into being a broker. Why? Because as a dispatcher, you learn the language of the carriers. Right. You're working with them via contract. And you learn the language of the brokers because you're dealing with them booking loads for your contracted carriers. So when you do transition into being a broker, you have a better understanding of it now, mm. right? Because you've seen the carrier side. And because as a broker, you're going to need to find carriers to move your loads that you're going to procure from your shippers. Right. So now that you have this understanding of it from being a dispatcher, it makes that task a little bit easier. You, you follow what I'm saying? For sure. And even yeah. on the asset base side as well. Exactly. As now opposed you, to 3 p.m. Now you understand everything. Exactly. So, um, makes a lot of sense, man. Um, damn, I think we've covered a, a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. A, a lot. Um, yeah. Thank you for all the all the value. We're going to start yeah. kind of wrapping this show. We've been rocking okay. for a minute. Yeah. Um, before we go, we have to have our final thought, which is basically when our guest just kind of, you know, gives a little bit of a jewel. Not that you haven't been dropping jewels all day. We got to pick them up after we're done wrapping up, but you know, a little spiritual jewel or professional, whatever you want to leave them with, okay. some encouragement. And then we have to let everybody know where they can connect with you okay. and where they can find out more, learn more about Exodus and everything that you're doing. So let's start with the final thought and then we're going to wrap up with just letting everybody know where they can connect with you. Okay. Uh, well, the final thought for me is, um, I don't know, so many, so many final thoughts I have, but... Um, we'll just give one of them. <laughs> I, I I look at myself as being um, I'm down to earth. I'm reserved. I'm a I'm a I'm a spiritual person. Um, I'm a vessel, right? You know, God is using me to provide information for other people. So that's my that's my um, thought for that. I don't I don't like to be out in the front, and I, I mentioned that to you earlier. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. but I know that this is starting to explode a little bit, right? Yeah. So for sure. So sure. yeah, so okay, yeah, dope. And where can people connect with you? Um, seven five seven five one five one six eight four. Cell phone over there. Okay. Um, info at exodusdispatchingandtraining.com. That's info at exodusdispatchingandtraining.com or exoduslogisticsllc at yahoo.com. That's the email. The two emails. That's exoduslogistics. LLC at yahoo.com and then the website uh training.com. Why Exodus? You're hearing this Exodus, Exodus, Exodus. This <laughs> biblical go. stuff. What is going on? Talk we got about the church. Talk about so, <laughs> um, so Exodus, most people they'll they'll see the name Exodus and they'll say, okay, he must be a spiritual person. Well, I am a spiritual person. I'm not a, 
I'm not a religious person, but I'm a spiritual person. Right? I believe in God, stuff like that. So, but the exodus is more of a mental transition. You know, I'm making an exodus from one mental state to the next mental state because I used to be, my mentality was different back in the day than it is now. Right? Mm. So it's, it's an exodus from one philosophy or mental state to another. Not necessarily a bad thing, but it's just, you know, over time as you get older, your, mental, your mentality transitions, right? right. You, have, you have to. If you stay in the same mentality when you're 50, when you were 20, you're crazy. <laughs> That's a fact. So, That's a fact. So, so, it's a, so I came up with the name Exodus for that re twofold reason. The spiritual reason, obviously. Yeah. And then that reason itself. Because over time, you have to transition. You have to evolve. Yeah. So that could have been a name also, Evolve. evolve. Exodus sounded better. I, so, I, I think I like Exit. I think you chose the right one. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. People people call me and they're like, oh my God, you you Bible, you a pastor? <laughs> no, I'm a dispatch trainer. Pastor, pastor. dispatcher, sir. Well, well listen, so, I, I will say that your work um definitely speaks for itself. I, you know, your students speak highly of you. You know, I've uh, you know, been all over social media and many people have recommended you as a resource, as a trainer. So obviously you're doing something right, you know, so congratulations. Keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you. And thank you for adding so much value. Just taking the time to break down some of these, um, you know, terms and different things that, you know, people struggle with, you know, when they're just trying to get into. I think people are going to really enjoy this show and, and get a lot from it. So thank you, sir. Yes, Mr. Sir. Charles Mundy. Can I, can, I give a, can I give a shout out to some people? Yes, guys. So number shout one, God, obviously. Shout out to number God. two, my wife, Tasha. Shout out to Tasha. Because without her, uh, I'd probably be somewhere else. <laughs> um, okay. I have a small team. Okay. Uh, my assistants, uh, LaDonna. Okay. LaDonna Sims, Trevay, Jay. And then I have some people, Mike with uh, Exquisite Freight, uh, I'm sorry, Exquisite Logistics, and Mr. James Nelson. Those are my team. And of course, my students. I love you guys on the dispatcher side as well as the freight broker side. Uh, without you, I would not even be here. Mm. Right. So, shout because, out to the Exodus team. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like to because. You know, they they're feeding my family, right? Yeah. I I got to give them. You know, yeah. that says a lot about you that you took the time to do that, brother. Yeah, like, yeah. I like to. You made sure you had to put put. I had to. Yeah, yeah. I had that's, to. That's number dope. one, they had to kill me. But number two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but I but I they, my team is and we're building. Oh, speaking of which, I'm coming up with uh, what we call Exodus University. Mm, I'm talking about that. I'm putting together a team of professionals within dispatching. Maybe you. Maybe a person who's good with compliance. Maybe you may be a good a person who's good with trucking, with taxes, but that still relates to the internal ecosystem of transportation, whether it's trucking, freight broken, or dispatching. So okay. I'm putting a ecosystem called Exodus University that's coming downstream, but I guess I officially announced it. But uh, there we go. But uh, we call it XU. We're coming out with it. I'm still building on it. But okay. It's going to be a. It's gonna. It's gonna revolutionize. When, when can we expect to see that? Oh, uh, definitely not this year. It's going to be sometime, I would say, next year or the year following. Because I'm as because when I build my team, I vet people very thoroughly because I don't because it's my. It's, it's your brand. It's your name. Exactly. You stand behind it. Exactly. Blue magic. <laughs> yep. Twice the content, half the price. <laughs> That's another name too, right? Blue that, that is another name. I yeah, like that. Exodus E L L C with the blue with magic the blue of ma dispatching. That's it, man. Simply put, bro. Simply put, my hey, brother. Funny dude, funny dude. Hey, man, I try, man, I try. You know, maybe comedian yeah. in my next life. I don't know. 
There you go. I try to do that little dry humor yeah. thing where I don't like really crack up and laugh or dance or nothing like that. Right, right, right. Just say like little funny but things I, I and people you, get I it later. I see you a lot, man. I, and I, I, I follow you a lot. I want to say I appreciate you, man. You guys are doing, you and your, you and your partner, you guys are doing very good things. Thank and you. it's refreshing to, to meet down the earth level people, man. I run to so many $3 bills out here. <laughs> that is crazy. So Likewise, my brother. Likewise, man. Saying. Well, that's what we're all about, building this community behind the scenes and just you know, bringing like-minded people together yeah. and just doing this work, man. This is God's work. You know what I mean? It is. It is. It is. I appreciate it. My brother, Charles. Thank you. Thank you Thank so you. We much, finally, man. We finally got together, bro. I, man, it's been, it's been yeah. a minute, but yeah, we yeah. made it happen. Yeah, yeah. No I, doubt. I enjoyed it. All right, Hustle Fam, you know what we do around this time. If you smell something burning, it's only your desire. Me, Charles, Exodus, Truck and Hustle, we out. If you twisted, confused, or stuck about trucks, don't be dumb. This is the place to come. Truck and hustle. Let's go.